What's going on, guys? This is Rob Doster here. I want to let you know about our sponsors, Anchor by Spotify. If you haven't heard about them yet, it is the easiest way for you to make a podcast. I know because all of our 28 podcasts on the field of 68 and the field of 12 use Anchor by Spotify. It has the tools that will allow you to record and edit your pods right from your phone or your computer. You can distribute anywhere. Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, all those places that allow you to listen to podcasts for absolutely free. Anchor sends those pods directly to the feeds. And here's the best part about it. Anchor is totally free. So make sure you download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm if you want to get started on your own podcast. Selection Sunday is here, ladies and gentlemen. It is Monday, March 14th. This is the Dawson T.O. and Fanta Podcast. We have a bracket, ladies and gentlemen. My name is Rob Doster. I have with me my cohorts, my partners in crime in New York City, the one and only John Fanta, who uh, we now have to call uh, Red Panda's assistant officially. <laughs> and my man, my man, Terrence Oglesby, Coach T.O., a.k.a. the Rifleman, B.K.A., the man that never sleeps. Guys, what's going on? We survived New York City. We did it. We survived. We came back in one piece. Uh, uh, barely barely and, and for those who, who don't know already know this and you probably should stay away from the airport hummus that is uh not a move so don't do that but uh after 45 minutes of sleep after the barclays uh, uh fiasco which was awesome by the way i enjoyed the heck out of the entire week so hold on, uh, hold on. tell yeah. people why you only had 45 45 minutes of sleep because this this is one of my favorite stories of all time well we forgot all about the time change which was the big thing so i've I booked my flight at 7 a.m. getting out of uh, Newark just simply because uh, you told me on Sunday morning, right? On on Sunday Sunday morning, morning. on selection Sunday morning, because obviously we're going to watch games that afternoon. You told me to get home early so that we I could be on a show, which coincidentally ended up at eight o'clock. So I I got home early so I could watch some games or I tried to. So we get done at what was it? One thirty. We get in the cab. We get back about one fifty five. I have to pack which doesn't take all that long, but I have suits and things. So I have to pack. I look back down at my phone. It's 158. And then I look, I turn around. I put, I zipped up my bag. I look <laughs> back at my bag and it's 3 a.m. So then, so then I have to uh, catch a cab at five. And by the time I brush my teeth and lay down, I have, it's 3.30-ish. So I set, I set my alarm for 4.30. I get, couldn't fall asleep. Uh, end up getting because you know then you're worried that you're going to miss the flight right like that's the big deal so then I get to uh, I wake up I take the cab all the way to Newark or not the cab whatever Uber what what have you and then the flight attendants didn't forget to set their alarm in an hour early so we're delayed an hour and then I get to Atlanta I miss my connection my wife has to drive down come get me drive back up we have to drive an hour past my house uh, in order to get my car drive back get back and then uh Watch the final of the Big Ten, uh, watch selection show, and then accidentally fell asleep for a little bit. Uh, I think it ended up being 15 or 20 minutes. My wife wakes me up. She goes, you got a show? I said, yes, ma'am, I do. And then started walking downstairs, and we, we got busy. We got the show done. Uh, I was not drunk. I was drinking LaCroix, but it felt drunk because uh, I was so tired. And a lot of people see double. I was hearing double. But it was an adventure. <laughs> we got it done. 
And uh, man, it ended up being a great it six hours that you guys put together, Rob. And our hour in particular was a lot of fun because every time I would look up at the screen when I was saying something, I would just see <laughs> Randolph Childress just shaking his head no. <laughs> like every <laughs> single second of the show, he just was disagreeing with everything I had to say. And then obviously Sean Paul gets thrown into the mix, who is a mid-major genius, which was a lot of fun. And then uh, Rob, obviously putting the whole thing together, man, it was a tremendous uh, six hours or what have you. I, I mean, awesome stuff. Uh, just fun to be a part of the whole thing. I, I Sometimes I have to pinch myself because I can't believe it. Just because I saw the picture of us all, Fanta, you and, and myself and Archie and Sean and all that stuff. And it's like, man, what a what a six hours with all these guys, plus heat check and sleepers and and God knows who else. Like it's, it's just an an awesome thing. It was an awesome thing to be around. I think it performed pretty well. So that's good too. Yeah, we, uh, we did really good numbers, um, better than I thought we were going to do. Uh, and I'll, I'll say this, um, the, the grind from waking up on Thursday morning to head up to the big East tournament. Uh, we did two live shows, uh, courtside on the floor of Madison Square Garden, which had had some technical difficulties, which we'll talk about in a second, Fanta. And then Saturday night, the Barclays into the Selection Sunday live show was just, it was a grind. I think we, I probably slept about 15 hours total over the course of the last four days, uh, but it was it was worth it, man. It was everything that we do this for. Fanta, before I start talking about UConn being back in the Big East, because I know no one's going to want to <laughs> say that, you are the Big East guy. You were on the floor. You were on the big screen. There were two things that stood out to me from the Big East tournament. One, uh, <laughs> you got to throw the bowls to Red Panda. And for people that don't know who Red Panda is, just Google it. I'm not going to sit here and explain it to you. Just Google it. Uh, and two, there was one point when Seton Hall played UConn when they showed your face on the Jumbotron. <laughs> and it said, Seton Hall alum, John Fanta. And there, were some, there was mild applause. And then they panned over one seat. And they zoom in on Jim Calhoun's face and they say Hall of Fame head coach and the place goes absolutely <laughs> nuts. And I was like, that's what we're doing now. We're comparing John Fanta to Jim Calhoun. Okay. Okay. I see you Fanta, but talk to me about being back in that building, fans back in that building, the Big East tournament. It felt right, man. It just felt right. There's nothing better than the Big East tournament at Madison Square Garden during championship week. And some out there may say, well, that's a biased take right on the hopper. No, no, it's true. And And if you step into that building during that week, you know what I am talking about. And Rob and Terrence, you both were there. The roars. Oh, God. So Jeff Goodman is calling Terrence Oglesby as we're doing our podcast, which you should have taken the call so we could hear how ridiculous, whatever, whatever it is that that he's ready to, to, to get into. I would have, I would have enjoyed that. Having said this, what a great week in New York. It was electricity personified and it was the big east hosting their tournament and and the acc hosting their tournament out in brooklyn which had a dramatic ending with virginia tech winning that tournament but in the big east you had a situation where oh my god (laughs) you should take the call i'd like to listen to whatever he has to say i'll pick it up now yeah. No, there's no way. I just texted him. We're trying to work here, Goodman. So go ahead. Keep talking. <laughs> Unbelievable. Keep, talk, keep talking Big East, Fanta. Unbelievable. So on Thursday, you walk into the building and you're thinking, this could be a really interesting day. Providence is playing Butler. Creighton's playing Marquette. Villanova's playing St. John. Seton Hall's playing UConn. And guys, it was like 12 hours of nonstop energy. Nonstop. The building was full at 11.55. It never emptied out. So I'll tell you. Uh, at, at 
high noon, you know, for Butler to give Providence an amazing game. Providence escapes with some late heroics like they have all season. We'll get to them in their NCAA tournament situation. And then Creighton. Creighton was the most impressive team of the week in this tournament. And they're going to play San Diego State down in Fort Worth. The the winner is going to get Kansas. Obviously, uh, that's a tough draw. But by the same token, I think Creighton showed us something to remember, that they're going to be a force to be reckoned with next season. But at the end of the day, Jay Wright and Villanova just keep winning. They're down 17 points. They're down 17 points in the second half to St. John's. 17. And never once did I think they would lose. And that's how good of a program they are. Like, they just have this New England Patriots vibe, as Vin Parisi said. You can never count them out. The moment you doubt them, they're going to, the moment you doubt them, they're going to overcome it. And I got to tell you guys, I think the committee reflected it and where they put them and what they did. You know, Villanova in the South, uh, I was told by multiple people that Villanova didn't even want to be in the East and play at Wells Fargo. They didn't like the pressure there. Jim Calhoun said he never liked playing in the East because UConn fans were so crazy. He would feel the pressure. He'd feel stressful when his fans would come if they were close. So they're going to be in the South region. They get a two seed. And I think that the committee gave them a pretty nice draw overall. I mean, I, I, I don't have, see them having any troubles with Delaware. I don't trust Ohio State, and I don't trust Loyola Chicago as much as I have in other years. So to me, uh, it's, it's shown by the committee, and it's shown just nationally. Like, guys, that was the fifth time. That's now five, five times that Villanova's won the Big East tournament since 2015. It's, it's just a wild run of success. And they're kind of boring and people, you know, like it's, it's not the most interesting program to cover because they, their answers are very Patriots-like. But damn, you have to give mad respect to who they are and you have to say that, that they are one of the best programs. And I believe they've become a blue blood in the sport. Uh, the television ratings reflect it and they reflect it. And the blue blood rose again, even in a really tough year in the Big East Conference. Yeah, it was uh, it was it was great to be back in that building with fans, right? It's been I, I said this the other day. It's been ten years since UConn played in a Big East tournament game with fans in it, in that building. Ten years. They they left the league in 2014 and 2013. They were ineligible for all for all postseasons in 2021. There was no fans in the building. It's been ten years. And I think you felt that energy from the UConn fans. I think you felt that energy and that buzz from Providence fans who were uh, experiencing their first Big East tournament as the favorite, as the number one overall seed. Uh, Villanova is always going to show up. Creighton had a better, uh, better showing of fans in in that in, in that city than I expected them to have. You know, Seton Hall and St. John's are going to have people there. So it was, it was, it's a tradition when it comes to to going to the big East tournament. And I, if you've never been, I just hope people realize like there's bars that each team goes to, right? You have your specific bars for UConn. It's legends for Providence's Jack Dempsey's right down the street for uh, Marquette fans. It's a uh, Mustang. I think it's Mustang Sally's. Yeah. Um, but it, it just, it, there's something special about that event, about Mustang Harry's the biggest tournament, Mustang Harry's one of there's one of there's like three Mustangs, something or others by the guard. Yeah. But wh- DePaul, DePaul goes to Mustang Sally's. Yeah, there you go. So it, it's just, everybody has their spot that they go to. Everyone has their traditions. You go to your <laughs> hotels, you know, which restaurants you want to be at. It, it's, it's, 
It's special. Yeah. Man. And it's, it's, it was great to be back in that building. It was great to feel that environment. It was great to feel the energy from fans again. And I don't know if that's just the fact of basically be like not really being at games for almost, uh, almost two years now. Um, but it was just, it, uh, th- this is what we, this is what we cover the sport for. This is why we do it. This is why we do it. And right. I do think that it also kind of made me more appreciative that we were able to, to do it from this thing that we've built and do it despite the fact that we had some, some crazy technical issues, man, the echo on the first show that we did, the mics dying on the Saturday night show. We just, we find a way to get it done. You could throw, you could throw anything at us and we're going to find a way to get it done. And, uh, and I hope people that listened, enjoyed it. Uh, I, I cannot wait for us to keep growing this thing and we can laugh about how the first time we ever did shows, we did it with a digital camera <laughs> and our own, our own tripod with no lights, handing a mic back and forth, fighting with it over fight, with the tripod it. standing on three chairs on, that on we had to find chairs. and put down, <laughs> which was there's, awesome. There's, there's nothing like it, man. Oh, the one mic, you know, the that one, actually the- worked in our favor. I thought. Uh-huh. But, but between yeah, us okay. three kind of bickering back and forth right. and, and say like, I want the mic. No, I want the mic. And we had the Torvik conversation uh, and all that stuff. Hey, to kind of expand on your point about the Big East, I've never been to a Big East tournament. And how fun is that environment? The, the trash talk, uh, all the schools kind of being from the same yep. location. If you take away some of these Midwest schools and, and it's uh it makes for a completely different environment than any other conference tournament I've ever been to. I've been to SDC when I was in high school. Obviously I've been to several ACC tournaments and then uh, it just, the, the banter between the fans and yet it was, it was, there was a hostility, but at the same time enough. And I say enough, very fragilely enough respect between uh, this the fan bases to where like we didn't have to worry about something crazy going on but it, it was great I, there, there were guys behind me fantas calling Colin Gillespie Giuseppe Gretzky like they refused <laughs> to acknowledge him by his actual name and I thought it just added so much to the just there was hate but there was also respect and it, it was a, so much fun the energy in Madison Square Garden is second to none especially now I went to Champions Classic very different very, very different between totally that different. and the Big East tournament and, and just awesome stuff. Yeah, the, the one last thing that I'll say is that um, I'm, I made it two games at the ACC tournament. Of course, one of them was the title game. And it got loud in big moments, but there's not – there's a buzz in the garden, Fancy. You can, you can attest to this. There is a yes. buzz in the garden when you have a big game there, and there just is no buzz for Duke-Virginia Tech at the Barclays Center. No. Now, I want to be very clear. There was a good Virginia Tech showing in that building. Uh, when after they won, after they beat Duke and they played inner salmon over the loudspeakers and everybody in that building started singing along with the song and jumping around at the chorus like that was awesome. I got a video of it. I got chills like that was unbelievable, but it's still very, very different than, the, than what you get at the Big East Internet. Fanny, you got one minute to make your point and then we're going to start breaking down the, the bracket. It is. It's the regional tournament in the Northeast that brings everybody together and you get those roars. There are specific roars to Madison Square Garden. And for the Villanova-UConn game, they were happening all night long. I actually thought that Friday night in that building showed why UConn coming back to the Big East was a no-brainer. Because I think it brought the best out of Villanova fans. Villanova fans haven't had to work the way they had to work on Friday night for their team. And early in the game, when Connecticut was hitting big shots, it was loud, really loud. 
They had it going, and Dan Hurley was getting that crowd. Dan Hurley was at half court. Yeah. This to his crowd, and his crowd he was responding. Try, he was trying to get another technical is what he was trying to do. Sure, sure. <laughs> but I, I, game. I thought as the game went on, Villanova fans really got into it, and you heard them in full force. And, and this – this meant something to Villanova uh, because I think that early in the season, they started the season seven and four, and there were a lot of doubts about them. I think we all thought, oh, okay, I don't know how good they are. Well, the fact is the committee thinks they're one of the eight best teams in the country. And what Jay Wright's been able to do as the season's gone on is really special. So the, the, the roars of the building were awesome, awesome, awesome. It was so great to have the Big East tournament at MSG. And somebody told me if this broadcasting team does not work out, I can just go on tour with Red Panda for the rest of my life. And if that has to happen, I will, because tossing bowls to the legend was absolutely outstanding. And she could not be nicer. I enjoyed every second of that. She's the best halftime act there is. It was a privilege, Red. A privilege. Hey, there might be one better. And it was the dude with the Chihuahua doing Stop it. Stop Come it. on, Terrence. Stop look, look at listen to me. Stop yeah, it. Stop he was, he Stop was terrific. Stop. That guy was Stop awesome. It. With a Chihuahua? He had a Chihuahua. What was he doing? Just L- listen. Just, I just he was apologize. just out there at half court being great. That's what he was doing. Oh, come I on. Just, I want to I want to apologize to everyone for these these awful takes that Tio is having today. He still has not slept, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> She's on a unicycle. She's got bowls. She goes around the court. It's amazing. Yeah. The, yeah, she's the, good. Kung Fu, Kung Fu Fanta and the Red Panda world tour i like the way that sounds yeah all right let's let's get into the bracket guys um i want to start with uh i want to start with the west here's what we're going to do it a little bit differently since yesterday uh all three of us gave like our real takes and kind of broke down region by region i just want to we have three topics that we're going to do for each one of these i want to do um your upsets uh i want to get your favorite matchups that that you have to root for and the one player that you are keeping your eye on that you think could uh could could be the the Steph Curry or Kemba Walker or the game changing guy from one of these uh, these regions that you need to watch. So we'll start with the West. Fanta, who is your upset pick? Field of sixty eight selection Sunday extravaganza will return in just a minute. While we wait, let me tell you guys about our partners over at BracketFanatics.com, the single best website on the internet for you to use to host an NCAA tournament pool for you, for your friends. For your co-workers and for anyone else that is willing to dive headlong into the madness with you. Why? Well, Bracket Fanatics provides a bracket experience unlike any other. How? Bracket Fanatics is similar to Yahoo and ESPN in the sense that you can invite friends, make picks, and watch those picks go up in flames as the tournament moves along. But what sets Bracket Fanatics apart from the field is that they eliminate the single hardest part of running a pool. The payouts. Everyone that joins your pool must pay an entry fee on the site. Once the tournament ends, Bracket Fanatics will handle the payouts for you based on whatever parameters it is that you set. You don't have to worry about chasing down someone like a Jeff Goodman who loves to try and avoid paying his buy-in. Whether it's fantasy football, whether it's NCAA tournaments, whatever it is, Jeff will try to duck out. Bracket Fanatics eliminates that problem. And you can also make side bets all tournament long. Who doesn't love a good side bet? Your bracket may be busted, but I promise you, you can make it all back once John Fanta's ego starts to get a little bit too big for his britches after he has a great first day of the tournament. So head on over to BracketFanatics.com. Join the Field of 68's bracket group. The link 
is in the description below or use the code field once you sign up it is free to enter and it's free to host your own pool so sign up today i don't know why you wouldn't and while i got you here let's talk a little bit about bet rivers sportsbook if you haven't signed up yet bet rivers is the place to go it is the middle of march madness the single greatest week in the history of weeks to bet on sports bet rivers is offering a 250 dollars match bonus for your first deposit but what sets bet rivers apart from all those other books is that they require just one playthrough to turn your bonus into cash money with their new rush pay instant approval withdrawing your winnings is safer it's more secure and it is more reliable i know i use them bet rivers is also running promotion all week long where you can earn as much as ten thousand dollars in bonus prize money here is how it works there are 10 tasks that you need to complete throughout the tournament for the first weekend three to second weekend and three on final four weekend to complete a task all you need to do is place a 25 dollar wager or 25 dollars or more on various ncaa tournament bet types for example in the first weekend these are the four things that you need to do place a bet of 25 dollars or more on a 12 seat to upset a five seat a five leg parlay a future on any team to win the ncaa tournament and win just one single bet on a first round game to advance to the second weekend easy enough right so with the ncaa tournament kicking off in just three days get in on the action by going to betrivers.com today or by downloading the bet rivers ios app you must be 21 years or older gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER i like Rutgers to win their first four game over Notre Dame and then to knock off Alabama. Just have a, a feeling about the Scarlet Knights. I think that they're in a position to, to potentially win a couple games here. I love the way they played down the stretch. I don't think they'll be phased at all. I think they're going to beat Notre Dame. Uh, I saw that line last night at like one. I think it's a good matchup for Rutgers. I like the way things shake out for them. So for me, uh, I know I'm going bold because it is a first four team. I don't like... Uh, either of the 512 or 413 in this predicament. Um, I just, I, I don't, I think Arkansas with JD Note, uh, and I'll get to them in a little bit. I, I feel bad that Vermont drew them. Maybe Vermont gives them a game. And, and I, I don't think UConn's going to have trouble with New Mexico State. But uh, I'm going to go with, with Rutgers here. Uh, and then I made the bold prediction last night, and I'm probably going against everybody because I saw the line is, is fat. Uh, I would not be surprised based on their guard play, if Montana State gives Texas Tech a game here. Uh, so my really, really bold upset predictions, the boldest one I have in the bracket could be Montana State on the big sky. I like the way they're constructed. And, guys, I'm doubting Texas Tech getting into March Madness. All right. T.O., what do you got? That's a big one. That's a it's big one. one. Uh, That's a big one. Uh, I think Arkansas is going to be able to get past Gonzaga in the third round. And I know that's that's wow. an, an upset that's way down there. But I think Arkansas, because of their physicality around the perimeter and their athletes on the interior, I think that Arkansas could make a push to get to the Elite Eight. Uh, the other one I'm looking at is Davidson. And not just over Michigan State, who's been very up and down, but Foster Lawyer might be like, hey, you guys have had point guard problems. I'm that point guard, but I'm no longer there. I'm shooting 45% from three. Please don't forget about your boy. So that there's there's a there's some unique storylines 
uh, in college basketball, the, this, this NCAA tournament this year. I think that's one of them. And I think Davidson uh, will upset Michigan State. And then we get to that second round. And you have a Duke team that just lost to a Virginia Tech team that plays very, very similar to this Davidson team. I have Davidson to the Sweet 16, and wow. I think it could be a big-time upset, and Coach K could finish his career off in Greenville. Wow. Yes, so I, I, think- I, no, I, I, don't, I don't know about Davidson beating Duke. <laughs> um, I think that, that Arkansas could get picked off in the first round. Wow. I, I, th- I think that UVM can get them because I think so much of what Arkansas does is based off their ability to be great defensively. Like they have so many athletes that can really pressure you. And I know Vermont has been doing it against America East opponents. And I know that they didn't have to deal with Stony Brook in their conference tournament because of Stony Brook leaving the league. But uh, I, I mean, UVM has just been unconscious for like the last month of the season. Uh, they they blew out everybody um, in their league. They uh, they beat everybody in the league tournament by thirty plus. They got a bunch of guys that can score a bunch of points. Um, and if they're making their shots, I think that that's a, a dangerous matchup for Arkansas. Um, I also think, and I the the pick I was going to make was uh, was Rutgers Fanta over Alabama to get to the second round. We always um, have the same answer. Yeah. So I'll go. Yeah, I know you always steal my answers. So I'll go with Texas Tech beating Duke to get to the the Elite Eight. Um, I, I think can see that. that. I don't know if that technically counts as the upset, but Fanta stole mine. I also think that if Memphis can get to the second round, they'll provide a tough matchup for Gonzaga, but I actually have Boise beating them because I think Boise's good enough defensively. They're going to make life miserable for Memphis. I, I came in when it, it, this always happens. There's always one or two teams where I'm like, no matter what happens, I'm picking that team to the Sweet 16. I don't care who they match up with. And then get that one matchup where I'm like, yeah, you know what? I got to go a different way. Yes. Right, let's go. Good pick. In the words of Lee Corso, good pick. On Boise State. Now, wait a minute. Quickly, do you think that UConn is going to make the Sweet 16? Because based on some of your course of logic, I sense it. Uh, I, I can see him getting there. I'm worried about that matchup with New Mexico State. Like, those dudes oh. are tough. Those dudes are physical. Chris they rebound. Jans, they rebound. Chris Jans is going to have them ready to play their ass off. So, um, I, I think that the matchup with New Mexico State is going to be tougher than people realize. Uh, but I, I don't I don't hate the draw. Um, I think that I think that they actually match up fairly well with uh, with Arkansas, um, and I would love to see UConn play Arkansas in the second round of the tournament. Uh, but I don't. You're talking not, about two tough teams. Uh, yeah. Hey, let me be very let me be very clear and brief. Connecticut better win that game over New Mexico State. I'm just saying. No, they they yeah. should. They well, no, no, they, should they better win be... the game because if they if they go out like this again, they, you know you you lost yeah. to Maryland. And last year, there's going to be like, like you got to win. You're UConn. You need I, to win I, this game. I'm just I saying want, that's the I standard want, there. I want, I 100 agree with you. Um, it's not. I, I just, I mean, the the 512s are always where you look for upsets. I'm with I you. This is this is not a great matchup. All right, let's go for players to watch. Uh, I'm going to you first on this one, Tio, because I already know where Fanch is going to go on this, and he's probably going to steal my guy again. Uh, there, there's a couple I've already mentioned, uh, some Take of what you get, what you get one, understand the rules of the game to Wow. <laughs> get one. All right. Player to watch Memphis is Jalen Duran. The reason being, I know he's been the focus of a lot of stories this year. Reason being is they get past Boise state. Uh, that Gonzaga matchup is going to be really intriguing between him and drew Timmy. I, I think because of his size and athleticism and all that, like, I think that could be, 
something to look at because of his strength. He could keep Drew Timmy out of the post. It's just the fact that he's a freshman. I depend. I, I wonder how exactly Drew Timmy is going to handle that. He struggled with guys similar to him in the past. I think uh, because he's a freshman, uh, Drew Timmy might be able to toy around with him a little bit with all of his shot fakes and footwork. But that second round game, if Memphis gets past Boise, and I have Boise picked, but if Memphis gets past Boise, uh, Drew Timmy and Jalen Duren matchup is going to be fun to watch. Yep. All right, Fanta, go ahead. I'm going to go with a big man, six foot eight, two fifty. Okay, I appreciate the guys who like going to the lunch buffet. Ryan Davis of UVM is my player to watch. Ryan Davis is a big boy. He's uh, as good as there is in the America East, averages over 17 points per game. Guys, he's shooting 42% from beyond the arc, and and he's got size, and he's shooting almost 60% from the field. And I think he's very lovable. Like in March Madness, we love certain personalities and certain kids. If Vermont's going to pull this off over Arkansas, it's going to be because Ryan Davis is a big-time story. I think the Catamounts will be in it. I like the geographical draw for them, too. Their fans are going to be able to make the short trip over to Buffalo. Give me Ryan Davis as a player to watch. Can I ask you one question, Fanta? Yes, do sir. You think, do you think he's going to hit one from the parking lot? Oh, he might. He might. They're certainly capable of it. Like, they, Yes, uh, TJ Sorenstein and Gus Johnson on the call that was unconscious when Vermont beat Syracuse. Yeah, man. Yeah, he might. Ryan Davis, baby, that's my guy in this region. Yeah, I don't I don't hate it. That's uh he's their best player when they yes. when they when they did lose in league play, it was because he was not uh, available. Um I think they lost it was a it was Hartford in overtime that they lost to. I remember that cuz I bet on Vermont in that game and that was uh, that, <laughs> one, that would hurt. Uh, I'm going I'm going to go on the other side of that matchup though. I'm going to say JD Note is the guy to watch because uh I think it's very feasible that Arkansas can get to a final four out of this group. Um, I think that if they, I think they match up well with UConn. I think that they can beat UConn. I think that if they get to that Gonzaga game because of their physicality and athleticism and toughness, I think that they could give Gonzaga some trouble. And if they get to the Elite Eight, I, I mean, look, JD Note is a guy that can get you thirty and eight against pretty much anybody, right? And when they defend the way that they defend, and JD Note goes off, I, I said it before the tournament started. There are two guys that I think can go on a Kemble Walker, Shabazz Napier kind of a run. Uh, out of this group. It's J.D. Note and Johnny Davis. So how can I not mention J.D. Note here? Uh, all right, what was the last thing? That, oh, the one. what's the one matchup that you're rooting for out of this this region? Fanta, you go first. No question about it. I mean, it's not even a question what I'm rooting for. I'm rooting for Tom Izzo versus Mike Krzyzewski down in Greenville. I think that that would be absolutely phenomenal. And, and that's no disrespect to Davidson, but – if we get Duke and Michigan State on the first weekend of the NCAA tournament, are you kidding me? Are you kidding me right now? I actually like the way that Duke would match up with Michigan State more than I like the way Duke matches up with Davidson, to T.O.'s point earlier. That being said, I'm never going to bet against Izzo. I'm never going to go against Tom Izzo. And I, I think that for, for Michigan State, what are they getting from Gabe Brown and Malik Hall what are those guys giving them? Are they able to create transition in this tournament? Davidson's going to say, we are not giving you transition. Now, Michigan State needs that to win. So yes. that's, the, that's the fascinating dimension to the Michigan State and Davidson game. In fact, if, if you – Greenville is the site this weekend. It's the 
coaching for dummies site. If I were a young coach looking to go to one site this, this weekend to learn some things, I would take my little journal and I'd go down to Greenville and I'd sit down in section 200 and I'd say, okay, Bob McKillop, what's he like to run? All right, Tom Izzo, what's he like to run? All right, here comes Coach K. What are they doing? Like, this is a great, it's like a coaching clinic. It's like mm-hmm. a coaching clinic down there this weekend. I want Duke, Michigan State. Tia, what are you rooting for? I hope I get a Connecticut-Arkansas matchup because I'm sitting here, I'm looking at two of the toughest teams in the country. They're not overly skilled, either one, but it's like they survive off grit. They survive on the boards. They survive on defense. I think that that game could be fantastic moving forward. And both teams have really, really good players. And J.D. Note, Harry uh, Smart, like that, that, there's so many intriguing matchups there. Uh, that I think it's going to be a lot of fun to watch. And I think one to keep an eye on is Jalen Williams has had to deal with some beasts in the post in the SEC. If he goes up against Adama Sanogo, that's going to be a lot of fun to watch as well. Uh, Connecticut and Arkansas in that second round would be awesome. Yeah, I want to see the Gonzaga-Duke rematch, if we can get there. Um, I don't think that Duke is going to get there, but I think that that, that would be – one of those games where you have the talent, you have the hype, you have uh, the players, you have the buzz. Uh, it would be one of those ones that gets a lot of eyeballs, and it would be a great thing for the field of 68 and also for college basketball, the sport as a whole. All right, I have Gonzaga beating UConn, Texas Tech beating Duke, and then Gonzaga getting past Texas Tech to get to the Final Four. Fanta, what do you have? Yep, I have Gonzaga coming out of this region. Uh, I will go with UConn to make the Sweet 16. I think Gonzaga beats them. I like Rutgers uh, to beat Alabama, as we talked about, but I like Texas Tech making the Sweet 16. I think Duke will make it, but I like Texas Tech to knock them off. So I've got Gonzaga, Texas Tech, Gonzaga wins. All right, we got the same thing. T.O., what do you got? I know your, I got your, Arkansas. your bracket's crazy. I love my, it. Mine, mine has messed up significantly, and now after getting a full night's sleep, I'm having to defend these picks, but I'm going to go ahead and stay with it. <laughs> uh, Arkansas, Texas Tech in the Elite Eight, and wow. I've, got te- I've got Texas Tech going to the wow. uh, Final Four. Wow. And there's going to be, be uh, 50,000 Red Raider fans coming by horse from Lubbock to New Orleans, and I'm fired up about it. That'd be amazing if Mark Adams does that in year one. That that would really be something. Mm-hmm. It, it would just be a shame that uh, a Texas Tech-Arkansas uh, Elite Eight matchup with the Final Four on the line would have to be played out west instead of playing it. Like, I feel like they got to play that one in, like, Texarkana or something like that, right? You gotta that play would that be like awesome. It, you got to play that, like, in the middle of nowhere, in the middle of the Dust Bowl. So, all right, let's go to the south. Um, Arizona's the one seed. Villanova's the two seed. Tennessee's the three seed. They got absolutely robbed for the record. We don't have to get into that. We've ranted and raved enough about that. It's time to talk about what's actually happening in these brackets. Uh, so what was the first thing we got to talk about? Uh, oh, upsets. Uh, T.O., I'm going to you first on this one. You, you seem to be the king of upsets these days. So what's the upset yeah. you have in the in this region? I'm a little bit big on upsets this year for the alone reason that I can later look at it and be like, I called it. I called it. I'm just going to take credit for all the upsets. Uh, no, I have the 512 upset with uh, Houston and UAB, and then one below it, I have Illinois and Chattanooga as an upset. Uh, Illinois is really good, but Chattanooga can match up size-wise with Illinois, and Chattanooga's got 15 fouls between three five men that they could just throw at Kofi Coburn, and they Illinois's only got one of him. So I think that's going to be something to look after uh, moving forward. Chattanooga's got a young man named Malachi Smith, who's really, really good. So I'm, I'm excited to see uh, those upsets. Uh, outside of that, bottom half, uh, Loyola Chicago over Ohio State. 
That's how I feel about that. They're going to run into Villanova and get beat after. But uh, I think it's going to be a, a terrific bracket as far as that's concerned. It's going to be a lot of fun. Fanta, what do you have? Well, I think Jordan, Jelly Walker, and UAB are going to beat Houston. I think it's one of the more popular picks, but for a good reason. I don't trust Houston at all. Unfortunately, they went through some injuries this season, and I just don't trust the team on the American. And I do like Conference USA, enough to think UAB is ready for this moment. Jelly Walker's playing as well as any guard in America right now. Seriously, he is. He's that Mm -hmm. good. So I like UAB. I have been toying all night with the Chattanooga-Illinois game. Now, here's the thing. I have trust. I don't know how to say it. Like, I, 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 there's one moment, one hour I have trust issues with Illinois. The next moment, I don't. Okay? I go back and forth. I think Illinois could make a Final Four. But I, I just, I go back and forth with this all the time. So, on my bracket, because I, I go more of a distrust than I do trust, I'm picking Chattanooga. And the reason being is I just look at the mocks and I see a team that, yes, is in the SOCON, but has power conference caliber talent. They really do. They really do. Sylvia D'Souza is able to match up with Kofi Coper. Malachi Smith is big time. I I saw what Malachi Smith has been doing from an efficiency standpoint. I was ridiculous. I was extremely impressed. He's one of the more efficient players in the entire tournament. So I know that those are two hot t- picks, but I'm matching you, T.O. I like those. I like those. I like those upsets. Uh, I do like Loyola Chicago. I am out on Ohio State. I was over a month ago. You guys know this on this you podcast. You called that one, man. I'll give you credit. You called that one. I just don't, I didn't think they were any good then, and I don't think they're any good now. And I like Loyola Chicago. I'm sorry. I think Ohio State, after E.J. Liddell, I don't know what to make of them. Um, so I'm going to go with those, uh, those couple of upsets. Man. I can't believe I'm saying this. Uh, no, Colorado State's going to beat Michigan. Just when everybody thinks Michigan's going to win this game, I'm still going to hang tough with the Rams. I'm with yeah, I like, I like Colorado State in that spot. So I think I've gone – I think this is the toughest spot for the 5-12 game and the toughest spot for the 4-13 game. Um, I think Houston gets it done. I, I, want, I want to be in on UAB. I want to love UAB. It feels like the Colgate uh, – Colgate Villanova game from last season when Villanova didn't have Gillespie and everybody thought that Colgate was going to, it wasn't Colgate. Who was it? Who did they play in the first round last year? Fanta Villanova. Uh, Villanova played. Uh, let's see. Was it North Texas Winthrop? I'm sorry. Winthrop. 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 Yeah. It was the Villanova Winthrop game. Sorry. Um, and everybody thought Winthrop was going to end up winning that game. And then Villanova kind of held him at arm's length throughout just because veterans, upperclassmen, well-coached. They understand what they're doing. It's a system more than a team built off of uh, talent. So I think Houston finds a way to, to beat UAB. Um, I'm with you guys on, on Chattanooga, though. They have the size to deal with Kofi. They have great guards, and they can run ball screens. And when you can do those, those three things against Illinois, you're going to have a chance. So give me David Jane Baptiste. Give me Malachi Smith. Give me Silvio D'Souza. And give me Chattanooga knocking off Illinois, which means I have Houston going to the, uh, to the sweet 16, which is something that I did not expect to, to be doing um, at the start of the tournament. In a matchup too, like some of these big fours that shoot it for Illinois, Darius Banks is a good player. Like he's a thousand mm-hmm. point scorer at James Madison transferred down to Chattanooga. Like he can space the floor out too. They've got a lot of guys. I mean, it's a, yep. it's a power five level of talent on that team. It's amazing what uh, Lamont Paris has been able to put together down there. 
Yeah, and and I'll just I'll say this as well. Loyola is going to be favored over Ohio State in this game. Uh, so I'm going to go ahead and say that that is that we cannot count that one as an upset. Ten over seven with the tennis favorite does not count as an upset. I'm putting it out there. If Ohio State wins, they're winning in an upset. All right, uh, let's talk about the matchups that you want to see. <laughs> I like that take. Uh, the matchups Gio. that I, oh, go ahead, Terrence. Whoever, someone take it. Someone take it. Go, go, go. Someone take it. Go, Fanta. Well, um, the matchups that I would like to see, I kind of like to see the religious bowl between Villanova and Loyola Chicago. And just to see, like, is somebody going <laughs> to, I mean, it's I like practically, that. yeah, it's on a Sunday. It fits. What did, what did, what did Prohm say last night? Yeah, he's, he said they'll probably go to church after the game. He, guess what? He's not wrong. <laughs> I've seen teams do that. I've seen Catholic teams do that. I mean, I, I'm going to pray the glorious mysteries before the game, I, you know, which rosary people know what I'm talking about right now. But, yeah, uh, Villanova's got a team chaplain, Father Rob Hagan. So it's Father Rob versus Sister Jean. You know, there's some really good pictures there. Uh, that could be fun, and uh, I, I, I would like to see that. I'd be intrigued to see that. Uh, I'll tell you what. In the South, I think it would be interesting to see David Roddy in multiple games to see Colorado State play Tennessee. Like I, I'm rooting for that, but I, I want to see in this. If if I have a dream, guys, it's to see Arizona play Illinois again. If Arizona played Illinois again, I'd love to see it. They matched up in Champaign. It was a great college basketball game. That's my dream here. And I think Villanova, Tennessee, they played at Mohegan Sun in November. Villanova waxed Tennessee. But Tennessee's been one of the best teams in the country since January. What happens in the rematch? What happens in the rematch if that happens? So I know it's a little chalky, but I guess my dream would be more so than than the Villanova-Tennessee game. I want to see Arizona play Illinois again, guys. That was a great basketball game. And you want to talk about the size? The size on display in that game? True. Phenomenal. Phenomenal. Two programs with terrific fan bases. I would love to see that game in San Antonio. One I'm looking forward to the most, and I and you hit on pretty much all of them, Fanta, so I'll just stick with one this time. Uh, Tennessee and Villanova. And the reason being, uh, I, I don't know what it is about this time of year when it comes to, like, big physical wings and guards that play extremely tough and extremely hard. I think those two teams are built very similar from a mentality perspective uh, defensively. Getting out, really pressuring the ball handler. People behind you are in great position all the time. Two defensive-minded teams. Tennessee's freshman guards can play really well. I can see them upsetting Villanova. And it, and because, you know, Euros Plavsic, some of these other guys that are on that Tennessee team, they bring a lot of size to the table. And it's a lot of size that Villanova doesn't necessarily have. And that could work for their benefit. It could work to their detriment. It's just a matter of uh, how Tennessee is able to go into that game. But both, I mean, both have a journey to get there. Loyola Chicago's tough and they really move it. And they have multiple guys that can shoot it. They've got some nice post play. I just don't see them beating Villanova because Villanova, like you, like we've said a billion times, those guys are just machines. I'd like to see the machines play the volunteers in the Sweet 16. That would probably be my uh, most fun to watch. And then Arizona and Tennessee would be pretty good too. They're in that Elite Eight competition. I'll, I'll, I mean, you guys nailed it. The the matchups that we need is an, uh, uh, an Elite Eight, or I'm sorry, a Sweet 16. That's Arizona, Illinois, Tennessee. Uh, and Villanova. What I have in my bracket is Arizona, Houston, Tennessee, Villanova, and I actually have Villanova beating Tennessee, beating Arizona, and getting to the Final Four. I just think wow. that, yeah, I, I think that uh, Colin Gillespie posting up Zakai Ziegler and Kennedy Chandler, I think is going to be a big wow. problem, and I don't think that Tennessee has 
the bigs that can take advantage of the size mismatch that they would have inside uh, with Eric Dixon being a little bit smaller. Um, and yeah, I mean, Villanova against ten, uh, against Arizona, I think that Villanova would be able to control the pace. They're not going to overplay um, or, or, or overchase offensive rebounds. They'll be able to keep Arizona out of transition. And I think that, uh, again, Colin Gillespie against Kirk Creasa, give me the guy that you trust in, uh, in, in Gillespie. What do you have for a Sweet 16, Elite 8, and Final Four, T.O.? Uh, Sweet 16, I have uh, Arizona against Chattanooga, Tennessee against Villanova, Arizona and Tennessee advancing. All right. Uh, Sweet 16, I'm going to go with Arizona and UAB. I'm going to pick the Blazers to go to the Sweet 16. There you go. Going way bold right now. AK, better baby. Beat, we, need, as, we need as much AK in our lives as we can get. Yes, we better do. Beat, better beat Houston. Uh, Villanova and Tennessee. I'm going to go with... Uh, I'm going to go with Tennessee to make the Final Four. Ah, you're putting me on an island, guys. Come on. You guys are putting me on an island. Hey, I'll tell you what. You, you know, you know, with, with my coverage area, Villanova right. makes the Final Here, Four. That's an amazing thing. It'd here, be great. Here's, here's the thing. This is what's happening right now. I just want everyone to know what's happening. John Fanta is trying to prove he's not Big East biased by going against the Big East. When in his heart of hearts and his mind of minds, he knows Villanova is the right pick here. This is the anti-bias bias play. I get it, Fanta. I'm with you. I'm with you. I see it. <laughs> hey, look, I'm going to call. I'm, I'm, I'm going to call you. a. I'm going to call a spade a spade here. I got, I got to tell it like it is. I'm on the field of 68 and I just, I look at the way Tennessee has played. I think that they remember what happened in November. Villanova is hard to beat, but I just, I think if there's a team that could do it, it actually is Tennessee. So look, it'd be a great rematch. I'm rooting for that game. I'm with you, Terrence. I'll tell you, there's always something to be said about like weird things coming full circle. So if Villanova, Tennessee happened, it would happen in San Antonio where Villanova rolled to a national championship in 2018, and Colin Gillespie and Jermaine Samuels were there. They like playing. Mm. They like playing down in San Antonio, yeah, and Nova were, fans that, like going down was, there. That was back when they were what they were. I think they were juniors then. Yeah, right. They might have. They might have been seniors, and this is now their seventh senior year. And um, let me just add, it's it's just, it's just unfair that, that Villanova can play 28 year olds guys. Like these guys are. <laughs> oh, stop sure. it. I, I, I don't know if you know this, Fanta, but Colin Gillespie and, and T.O. were in the same recruiting class, okay? They played against each other on the EYBL circuit. Both top, both top 150 recruits. <laughs> here's <laughs> here's right. what we need. We, we, but selfishly, selfishly, I, I hope the Wildcats can get down to San Antonio because I'd like to be doing a Field of 68 live hit on the Riverwalk on a boat just like going by. And just yelling, yelling crazy <laughs> things as I give my predictions. All I my predictions, that. all my predictions for the field of 68, if if I'm down in San Antonio second weekend, will be coming from the river. I will literally give you my picks as we're rolling Here, down the river. Here's the thing. Fanta, you'll be doing that whether you're down there for field of 68 for Big East or you're just you're just down there on your own. You're going to be rolling down there. And you yeah, yeah, yeah. I just go down there myself. Basketball. You'll be down there in July being like, what do you guys think of Colin Gillespie now, huh? (laughs) (laughs) Yes. All right. Let's get to the Midwest, guys. We have Kansas as the one seed, Auburn as the two seed, uh, Wisconsin as the three, the Providence Friars as the four. T.O., I've already talked to you about this bracket, man. Give me your your upset pick because this one is is a doozy, folks. The, the, The bottom of that bracket is going to be a mess. And I'm just throwing it out there. And I wasn't the only person to say this. I think Miami can get all the way to the Elite Eight. 
you look at that. You look at that and say that's the same. That's that's the same reaction that Randolph Childress had. What? And his look and his looks of disappointment every time I made a pick yesterday. (laughs) It was like (laughs) unbelievable. Now Miami's guards are good, and they're good. They have Sam Wardenberg who can pull Isaiah Mobley away from the basket to where he can't protect it as high of a level. Isaiah Wong, Cam Augusty, they've got dudes out on the perimeter. Those guys can score it. Give me Miami over Southern Cal, and then they play Auburn. And then they play Auburn, who's had some guard issues. Miami's strength is guard play. Oh, my. Give me the Canes. Oh! Give me the Canes. And then they'll probably run into no! Wisconsin and Johnny Davis. And oh, it's, it's on. one against about three dudes for Miami who can get it done. No! Give me the Canes. Give me the Canes over Wisconsin. But a fun matchup is going to be Tari Eason against Johnny Davis. I'm, I'm looking forward to that. But give me the Canes. They're, they're going to play Kansas in the Elite Eight. Kansas is going to end up advancing. Miami, give me the Canes. Give me Larinaga. Your feel-good story. Don't, don't, don't think I forgot about that, Mr. Ah, Fanta. You, that true. was your feel-good story. That was my feel-good story. So you, you got to keep win a that in mind here. Uh, yeah. they'll, 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 win, uh, one, two, they'll win three games. Oh, my gosh. I can't South believe you Florida. just did that. And, and then we, only we about only about five thousand people in the city of Miami will actually know that it's occurring, but it will still, nonetheless, be a great be be a great run by the Canes. Fanta, we do not need to acknowledge this. Go ahead and go with your upset pick. <laughs> Man, um, I got to tell you guys, if I look at this bracket, all right, I love Wisconsin's draw because I have no idea what to expect from LSU and Iowa State. LSU goes through this coaching change here. I wonder if those kids will rally around each other and get a win. I think they will. I like LSU to beat Iowa State. I don't trust Iowa State offensively at all. Um, so, But I like the way things set up for Wisconsin, because I have trust issues with Auburn. So that's why I don't mind the Miami pick from that standpoint. Like When you're picking in your bracket, look at the higher seed that you don't trust. And then try to find a team that could end up making a run over them. That's how you pick. You're not going to pick, you know, Gonzaga to lose. You, you want to look at, or at least you're probably not. When I look at this, I actually think, so I like Providence and Iowa. I don't think either one of them is going to get picked off, despite both games being interesting. I, don't, I, just, I think the Friars getting blitzed by Creighton helps them in this first round game. I, I think they're going to win. And South Dakota State is a sub-200 defensive team in Kempom. They don't defend. And, and they, they don't have, have a- Providence also has a kid named Justin Manaya who they're going to put on uh, 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 Shireman. What's Shireman. First? Yeah, what's, uh, what's his first name? Um, Baylor. Baylor Shireman, yeah. They're going to put him on Baylor Shireman. He's going to eat his lunch. He's uh, going that to. Not, that kid's not going to get anything going. And, pro- yeah, I think pro- Providence is a two-point favorite, according to our friends over at Bet River Sportsbook. And I think that they roll uh, South Dakota State. I've gone. I, I I picked South Dakota State yesterday. I've completely changed my mind on that upset. I do like. I don't know why. I, I have this gut feeling about the San Diego State Creighton winner, given Kansas a game. I don't know if I'm ready to to say that they would win. I'd still lean Kansas, but guys, I think that that San Diego State Creighton game is a great eight nine matchup. Two okay. really good defensive teams. Creighton's played extremely well over the last couple of weeks. Uh, San Diego State. Uh, the name of their star escapes me right now. Matt, but Matt Bradley. I, Matt Bradley. Thank, thank you, Matt Bradley. I watched him on film a little bit. Watched some highlights as well. I was really impressed, and I think that he's a guy that can give Creighton some problems. But uh, but by the same token, this comes down to Alex O'Connell 
Trey Alexander's ability to guard, to make things happen. I think Greg McDermott's got a team with the right mojo. I like Ryan Hawkins as well. Uh, look, I, I don't think that Kansas loses to either, but I think it's a tougher 8-9 draw than you think because I think Creighton can play with the big dog, right? I do. Yeah, I, I mean, they play, I they play with Villanova. San Diego State can too. I like Kansas, but I, I don't think there's a major upset in this early on in this region. I'm, I'm out on the idea of an upset for whatever reason. So my yeah, my upset was going to be anybody that picks an upset in this region. So I think that the only double digit seed that wins is going to end up being Miami. And then I think we're going to see kind of chalk get into the 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 second weekend. I think it's going to be Kansas, Auburn, Wisconsin, and whoever wins that Providence Iowa game. I have Iowa right now beating Providence, but I can be talked uh, out of that. Uh, all right, what is the what is the who's the player to watch? There's a lot of talent in this region. Uh, there there might be the most individual talent out of any region. Tio, who do you got for a player to watch? Uh, Keegan Murray. Uh, that, that's a pretty easy one. Is there a guy that's more talented of a scorer in the country? Uh, it's it's close, but I would say almost no. I mean, there's a couple of guys up there flirting around with him, but for the most part, he is that guy. And then um, Johnny Davis is also in that one. Two studs out of the Big Ten. Those two are obviously two to watch. But one that I think is going to be huge is that 8-9 matchup, like you guys talked about, those Creighton freshmen and those young players for Creighton, how they go up against one of the best defenses in the country, uh, that's a few right there. I know you say one all the time, and I like go off on a tangent, but th- those are three uh, sets of players. Yeah, you guys aren't very good at following the directions. Not yeah, big on orders, not big on directions. Not, not, big, on, <laughs> not big on directions. Uh, Fanta, what do you got? K.D. Johnson of Auburn. You, you did it again. You know you did it again, right? I stole it? Yeah, you stole mine. Go ahead. Go ahead, Phantom. Auburn got a nice setup here. So I'm going to give it to an Auburn guard because K.D. Johnson, as Terrence says, runs on nightmare fuel. He makes all the little plays happen. He gets after the loose balls. He makes big-time shots for this team. I'm going to go with K.D. Johnson. Auburn. Auburn. Do not let me down, Auburn, because you have been shaky here down the stretch in the season, but I, I think the committee did you a favor. I really do. This is your window to make a run, and can they? Hell yeah, they can. Katie Johnson is my impact player. That's uh, a good one. Yeah, it's, it's the Auburn guards for me. You know, if they show up and they play the way that they, they – if they play within themselves, if we don't get a Katie Johnson over 14 performance, right? I think that those are going to be the guys that determine just how far armor goes. And that's not really a hot take. We've seen it all season long. Um, the one other one that I will say is uh, one guy that could kind of be a little bit of a difference maker is uh, Remy Martin. When you're going up against a team, whoever, whoever Kansas gets in that second round, I think it'll be San Diego state. Creighton could, could be there as well. You're going to get a, a, a borderline elite defensive team. And you're going to need people that can create something on their own in the half court. And the only guy that can really do that for Kansas, I think, uh, is Remy Martin. Um, he's a game breaker, and they don't really have many game breakers that can do things on their own. So that's one guy to watch. All right, what is the matchup that you are hoping for out of this region? Uh, Fanta, I'll go to you first. Yeah, I mean, when I look at this region, I would really like to see Auburn play Wisconsin. I'd be really intrigued to see that game if it's a 2-3 matchup. To see the, the talent level of Jabari Smith on one side and Johnny Davis on the other. Are you, you know kidding? You know where the game is going to be played, right? Are you kidding me? 
Yeah, in Chicago, they, right? In Chicago. So do you know who that's going to be a home game for? Wisconsin. Wisconsin. The Wisconsin Badgers. Yeah, and Wisconsin gets to play their first weekend in Milwaukee. I mean, the committee did them a favor. Holy yeah, I didn't cow. even think about that. Yeah. Holy yes. cow. We're, we were talking about Villanova being in the East, and they weren't. Wisconsin got as good of a draw in this tournament as any team. They really did. They really did. They're, LSU and Iowa State can't be trusted. Wisconsin's going to win two games in this tournament and get to Auburn. So who wins that game? Jabari Smith, big time. Auburn, I think, can cause some matchup issues for Wisconsin when Auburn's at their best. But Wisconsin's so tough, guys. Chucky Hepburn, Tyler Wall. How about the rim protection involved in Wisconsin-Auburn? It'd be a great front court battle. I want that game. What do you got, T.O.? Are we overlooking Colgate and how good they are? Uh, I mean, it, it's... That just has me, madness written all over it. To me, no, because the game is played in Wisconsin, and I don't think Colgate has anybody that can stop Johnny Davis. The only thing I will say is Johnny Davis is a little bit banged up right now. So if he's not at 100%, um, it's, a, it's a a foot, ankle. He's got... I can't remember what it is. He's one of those guys that's got something going on. Yeah. Do you, have, do you have Colgate winning, too? No, 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 no. You heard it here first. Colgate against Miami (laughs) in the the Sweet 16. (laughs) (laughs) No, no. A couple of uh, individual matchups that I'm looking forward to watching if we get those uh, matchups. Keegan Murray, Justin Minaya, you guys alluded to it. That's going to be freaking awesome. Uh, Mano-e-mano situation going on there. One of the best offensive players in the country versus one of the best defensive players in the country that for some reason isn't getting picked on uh, defensive All-America lists, which is baffling to me. And then uh, Tari Eason against Johnny Davis, LSU and Wisconsin. I realize the whole thing with LSU has put a damper on uh, for me, but at the same time, they still have dudes. And Tari Eason is one of those dudes. Johnny Davis is one of those dudes. That's going to be a quality matchup. Yeah, the last time that Will Wade was uh, was not involved in the NCAA tournament for LSU, he was suspended for the 2019 NCAA tournament. Tony Bedford took them to the Sweet 16. So maybe they're better without Will Wade. I know it's a, that's a harsh thing to say for uh, for 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 T.O. over here, who was recruited yep. by Will Wade, who got the who had a bad. I was <laughs> he was the Dobo. He couldn't recruit me then, but sure, uh, I'll take it. Go. I'll just sit uh, on it. Yep, that's fine. Yeah, I mean, you guys, you guys nailed the, the matchups. Um, it, to me, it's not the team matchups, the individual matchups here uh, that we could end up seeing. That could be a lot of fun. Um, I have Kansas and Iowa in the Sweet 16. I have Wisconsin and Auburn in the Sweet 16. I'm going chalk to the Elite Eight. I have Kansas and Auburn. I have Auburn getting to the Final Four. I'm doing it. I am buying into Wendell Green. I'm buying into Katie Johnson. I'm saying that they are going to show up when the lights are the brightest and they're going to get Auburn back to the Final Four. What do you got, Fanta? Wisconsin to the Final Four. I like Taking it. the Badgers. Yep, I got Kansas to the Final Four, beating Miami in the Elite Eight. Amazing. Bill Self just continues to get it done. If yep. that happens, I'm buying you a great meal in New Orleans. If Miami makes it. the Elite Eight, I'm doing it right now. That's Because I got to give you credit for going out on the ledge there, sir. Good stuff. Thank you. All right, let's go, let's go to the East where I think things are going to get fucking bananas okay this is going to be the bracket that just goes completely insane there's always one region that goes completely insane and i think this is going to be the region that goes completely insane i'm just i'm going to take the lead on this one i'm going to tell you the upsets that i have i'm pulling a to i am doing more than one okay you guys ready for this i have one unc beating marquette in the first round and beating baylor to get to the sweet 16 wow i have that too i have that too i have indiana knocking off wyoming 
knocking off St. Mary's and getting to the second round of the NCAA tournament. I have Virginia Tech beating Chris Beard and the Fighting Longhorns, getting to the second round, taking on Purdue, taking down Purdue, and beating the Boilermakers and getting to the Sweet 16. Wow. So those are the three upsets that I have. I will have uh, in my Sweet 16 11 seed Virginia Tech, 8 seed UNC, and I will have 12 seed Indiana getting to the second round of the NCAA tournament. What you got, guys? What do we got here? T.O., give me some upsets. I got Carolina over Baylor. Uh, Carolina getting all the way to the Elite Eight, as much as it pains me to say. And then I got uh, Indiana making the Sweet 16, playing North Carolina. Virginia Tech making the Sweet 16, beating Texas, then beating Purdue, because I just feel like if those guys shoot the ball anything like they shot it against Duke, like who beats them? I I sure don't know. And then um, after that, you know, Murray State, I got winning, playing Kentucky in the second. Kentucky, I've got finishing all the way through. But there's a... There's there's so many good games in this one. This Marquette team, though, that's playing Carolina in round one, that's the kind of team that's beat the brakes off of Carolina. Just tough yeah. as nails. They're going to get up. They're going to guard you. They're going to push you out. They're going to have size on the interior to mess with Baycott. Baycott might have 20 and 20, but they might still get beat by 20. So it's like one of those things, like, because Marquette's so tough-minded, that's a team that could give uh, North Carolina credit or uh, give them credit, give them a, a hard time. Yep. Yep, I agree. Um, I, I do kind of feel like Fanta, I'm buying in a little too much in the hype with North Carolina uh, for beating Duke. Uh, but what I will say is this, they have, they have the highest upside, I think out of any of the teams on the eight, nine C line with the exception of maybe Memphis, uh, but Memphis, again, they don't really have great point guard play. UNC does. They fit the bowl. They got, they have RJ Davis and Caleb love. You could, you could give them two point guards. Um, but here, here's, here's what I'll say. Given Baylor's depth issues and injury issues and the fact that I don't think LJ Cryer is going to be, if he does play, which I think is probably very iffy at this point, I don't think he's going to be anywhere near 100%. Whoever wins that uh, that UNC Marquette game, I think, takes down Baylor in the second round of the tournament. What do you have for upsets? I disagree on the UNC Marquette angle. I like Baylor to make the Sweet 16. I think that the upset of this region is going to be UCLA eventually making it back to, well, beating Baylor. I like UCLA over Baylor. I I really do. Uh, I think UCLA's draw is good because even though Indiana's going to be a trendy pick and even though they're playing well, I like the fact that UCLA gets Akron all the way out west. I don't trust St. Mary's enough to take them if St. Mary's were to win. And I, I like UCLA the way that they match up with, with Indiana. I think it's actually a good draw for UCLA. And I think the experience factor kicks in. So I know you call them the, the bracket of chaos. We do a podcast to have differing views. I, I'm not seeing as much chaos, and maybe it's because I, I'm not going bold enough. I could see, guys... I could see the Murray State San Francisco winner shocking Kentucky, and it would be a shock to everybody. But sometimes in this tournament, the shocking of all shocking things happens. I love Kentucky, and I'm pro- I'm actually probably going to pencil them into my Final Four. But I actually think that Kentucky could have a harder time in their second round game than they would in their Sweet Sixteen game. I think that because I look at the four teams, look at it: Texas, Virginia Tech, Purdue, and Yale. None of those teams to me says that scares Kentucky. 
I, I love the, the makeup of the Murray State Racers. And, guys, do you realize how big of a game that would be for Murray State and their fans? And, mm-hmm. and if Huge. they get a chance, if they get a chance to play Kentucky, that would just be such a, an amazing opportunity for that program if they're able to beat San Francisco. And I like the Dons, and I have all year. And I think sometimes when you get to the NCAA tournament, it allows you to hit the reset button. At the end of the day, both, both Murray State and San Francisco are what? Ken Palm top 30. I'm correct yeah. in stating that like yeah. out of the second, out of the second round draws that, that teams have gotten Kentucky actually got a difficult second round draw. When you look at the metrics. Yeah. I, you know, I think that the matchup with Murray state would be difficult because Murray state has two really, really, really good guards and juice Hill and Tevin Brown. Yes. got a big guy inside that can kind of do a little bit of work against she He can step on, on the perimeter. They are built uh, in a similar manner to what Arkansas is not quite as tough, but their 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 team build and their roster build is similar to Arkansas. And we saw Arkansas beat. Um, saw it Arkansas gives me it gives me heavy heavy Illinois Loyola Chicago vibes from last year. Yes, it does, Terrence. That's like, a great point. Like that, that small team that's still really really good that's not getting the same recognition, still struggling to kind of uh, get people in that state to jump over. And, but they're not going to, obviously, because it's Kentucky. But it kind of gives me the same, like, feel. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I can see that a little bit. I just – I think Kentucky's too good um, to be able to to get picked off in that, that second-round game. Um, I don't like I'm, Virginia Tech in the first round. I like Texas. I think I think it's really hard to win your conference tournament, ride that high into the NCAAs. So, I, I do like the Longhorns going against the grain there. I, yeah, yeah, I just I – don't, I don't buy – I think – I'm not I'm not buying Texas and you're probably right and I'm probably just buying into the hype and, and recency bias and all that um, all right who was the uh, who was the player to watch in this region fancy I'll go to you first on this one Ame Hakez because if Ame Hakez is playing at an elite level I'll trust UCLA with my life I will. I, even though they lost the Pac-12 championship game, they lost it to a one seed in Arizona who was playing outstanding basketball. I just, I look at UCLA. Guys, we've seen this so many times in the NCAA tournament, okay? You go through the years with players and teams. A team that gets to the big dance floor, knows what it takes to win in that position, and then gets back to their mojo. Gets back to their mojo. And so for me, here's what I think. UCLA on their best day is even better than a four seed on their best day when they're playing their best basketball. They're that good. Yep. So for me, I like the way that they draw at the end of the day, guys, they didn't draw a power conference opponent potentially in their second round game. They, and, and it's no disrespect, but it's the truth out of the five seats. UCLA is playing St. Mary's. I like St. Mary's. I don't know if I love them against UCLA. Are they though? Are they going to play St. Mary's? If they right, are, exactly. Are they playing St. Mary's? It, They're going to be playing Indiana. Okay, okay. Indi- so Indiana, Indiana might be a mid-major too, though. <laughs> well, I just, I just think I'm going to go with Hame and Johnny Juzang. I mean, Rob, you said it yourself earlier in the season. Hame Hakez, you know, is at his best. All American material might be their best player. So I'm going to stick uh, with the Bruins here, and I'll go with Hame. Player to watch for me plays at Indiana, and everybody knows who Trace Jackson Davis is. But it's Xavier or Xavier Johnson that uh, it's his name is Xavier. His name is Xavier Johnson, correct? So Xavier yeah, Johnson, uh, that's a guy to watch because 
when he plays well, Indiana is really, really good. He's the X factor for them. They've got kind of pieces everywhere. They've got their main guy in uh, TJD, but uh, Xavier Johnson is the guy that that runs that ship. And when he's really, really good, Indiana's really, really good. So uh, moving forward, I like that one. Uh, are we going just individual matchups right now, or are we going team matchups? No, no, or just, players? We're, we're just doing players. Okay. So the, the player for me to watch is – Jaden Ivey. I think he is the X factor in this uh, in this tournament. I think that when he when he goes supernova, when he goes nuts, Purdue takes another level offensively. And when Purdue is at their best offensively, uh, I mean, look with all of the issues that they have on the defensive end of the floor, they are still a team that can put up a hundred on anybody. And if they put up a hundred on you, uh, you're probably not going to beat them. Um, yep. And I think so. Jaden Ivy, that's the guy that I'll, I'll I'll be watching. Look, we we know their issues with with point guard play. Uh, we know how important Sasha Stefanovic is to that team. We know uh, how much they struggle guarding ball screens and how much they struggle uh, when Zach Eady is is kind of forced to play on the perimeter. But it, that can all be nullified if Jaden Ivy goes nuts. So to me, Jaden Ivy is the one to keep an eye on. All right, what is the matchup that you're watching for To and the Give Me Your Sweet Sixteen Final Four? And who makes it out of that uh, that that region? There, there are so many good games in the first round for for this bracket. North Carolina Marquette's going to be terrific. UCLA and Akron's an interesting one for me because those coaches coach very similar to each other. Mick Cronin and John Grochi, those two uh, tough minded guys, uh, let their guys go a little bit on offense, but but those guys are are high level. I think that's going to be a better game than people realize. Um, and then Murray State and San Francisco. I found it weird that you went mid-major, mid-major in a seven ten. Uh, typically, because yes, you, you, they they like to spread out those mid-majors a little bit. But uh, that's going to be a great matchup. I think the winner of, uh, you know, if we were able to get a Purdue Kentucky. Now I don't have that picked, but a Purdue Kentucky matchup would be really really intriguing from a matchup standpoint. Uh, with Purdue's bigs, with Zach Eady, Travion Williams, and they could just throw waves at Oscar Shibway. How would Shibway uh, play against somebody with that much size in Zach Eady? We saw what Zach Eady did to uh, Kofi Coburn in, in Illinois. We saw what happened there. Would he be able to do the same thing uh, against Oscar Shibway? That would be a great matchup. I don't have that happening, but I think it very well could happen. Uh, but there's just so many good games in this region. Fantastic. Yeah. I'm rooting for Indiana to meet UCLA. I do think that would be really fun. And, man, TV would be rooting for that, too. The rating on that would be absurd. And then could you imagine if we get North Carolina, UCLA? Could you imagine that? This is the region of big brands. And then, uh, look, because I got UCLA going far, I like Kentucky to meet UCLA here. I like Kentucky to come on this region. But uh, I'm going back to the Bruins. Well, we'll see if I'm right or wrong. It's the beauty of this tournament, but I like Kentucky here. I, I think this sets up well for Kentucky at the end of the day. You know why? They get to the Sweet 16 weekend. I don't trust any of the four teams that they could meet. I, mm-hmm. I pick Kentucky over Purdue. Uh, I don't think Texas or Virginia Tech could beat them. And if Baylor goes down, like, man, it, you know, I, I feel weird being out on Baylor, but the injuries are obviously big, and, and it's – it's a team that I don't know about offensively. So I'm going to go with uh, Kentucky to win the East region. Yeah, I, I have Kentucky coming out of the East. I have UNC, UCLA, uh, Virginia Tech, and Kentucky in the Sweet 16, and then Kentucky beating UCLA to get to the Final Four. All right, guys, let's get to our final four picks, our national championship picks. I'll, I will go first. I have Gonzaga, Kentucky, 
Villanova and Auburn in my final four. I have Villanova beating Auburn, and I have Kentucky beating Gonzaga with Kentucky winning the national title, cutting down the Nets in Coach K's final season. T.O., what do you got? I uh, never said my Sweet 16, I don't think, of the way, but it doesn't Oh, my matter. bad. Yeah, I cut you off. <laughs> and, uh, uh, but that's okay. <laughs> That's okay. Uh, I have uh, just to rehash on that. I have uh, Carolina, Indiana, Virginia Tech, and Kentucky with uh, North Carolina and Kentucky uh, winning and matching up in the Elite Eight. And then I have uh, Kentucky advancing to the Final Four. My Final Four picks are Texas Tech, Kentucky, Tennessee, and Kansas with Kentucky beating Kansas in the championship game. That will be that will be a wild Final Four. Now, if we yeah. can get Kentucky fans, Texas Tech fans, Tennessee fans, and Kansas, you're just you're just rooting for <laughs> insanity. Basically, my whole my whole philosophy on this bracket was what would make New Orleans the most fun, <laughs> <laughs> and, the, and it would be Texas Tech, Kentucky, Tennessee, and Kansas. All right, I've got Gonzaga. I'm going to match Terrence, and I'm going to go with Tennessee. I just love the way the Volunteers are playing. Come on, Vals. Do not let me down because I'm trusting you here. I like the way that they've evolved uh, offensively. I love JJJ's game, and I think that uh, Kendi Chandler is going to have a big tournament. Okay. Wisconsin is making the Final Four. There, I'm giving the Big Ten love, and I think Johnny Davis is the guy. Is that dude. I'm bought in. I'm bought in. And then finally, I've got we're, we're all on it, which makes me feel a little bit weird. But I'm going to take Kentucky as well. I like I like Gonzaga to beat Kentucky, and I like man. I'm back and forth right now. I'm really, I'm really, really stuck on this one. I'm going to go with Wisconsin. Wisconsin to make it to the championship game. I cannot believe those words are coming out of my mouth. I'm going all in on the Badgers. Gonzaga gets there first. Gonzaga's winning the national championship. That would be uh, huge. Could, you, you can tell how much uh, fans are prepped for this show when he's making all the decisions <laughs> on the fly. Did you not do a bracket? Did, have you, do you have like a computerized bracket, Fanta? Uh, I haven't done. I haven't completed the whole thing yet. So, but But that's what I've got. Right now, it'll change by Thursday morning. <laughs> All right, perfect. yeah, we need to do that. Go, uh, yeah. T.O., did you run through your final four picks? I just uh, yeah. I had trouble picking the Wisconsin Tennessee game. I'm sorry, guys. <laughs> no, you're good. You're good. Uh, the uh, I, I did remember the fan bases Tennessee, yeah, Kentucky, but no, Texas who Tech. Do, who do you have winning it? I have Kansas and Kentucky in the finals, and then Kentucky winning it. Kentucky, all right, that's me and you, me and you on those Wildcats, baby. Uh, listen. Yep. I cannot wait for this tournament to start. For people that are still here, remember, T.O. and I are going to be joined by Randolph Childress at the Rivers Casino in Philadelphia uh, on Thursday and Friday. We're going to be doing live shows all day from the sports book at the Rivers Casino. That is, of course, a bet Rivers property. It's going to be a lot of fun. We're going to be watching the games, uh, putting down some wagers. I can I can promise you I will be putting down some wagers uh, on games, probably on the craps table as well. To I don't know if you're a craps guy, but uh, it's a, it's a little bit of fun. So we'll we'll make it work. We're gonna have a good time. Um, listen, we're gonna come back to you guys again next Monday. The field is gonna be down to sixteen teams by the time 
that you hear from us next. Uh, so for John Fanta, for Terrence Oglesby, my name is Rob Dawson. This has been the DTF Podcast.